Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at And welcome back to Star Fellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I am your Dungeon Master, Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Hannah. Hello. Amelia Sam. What's up? And Brennan. Let's blow some stuff up! Let's do it. Uh, last time, we all congregated together. Uh, we had an eventful day. Uh, the Argonauts plus Mix now finished their preparations to leave Coruscant and to uh, set sail. Uh, you guys don't have sails, but jump into hyperspace, uh, <laughs> ride the hyperspace winds all the way to Kajik, where you guys now know uh, somewhere thereabouts the hive is hiding. Um, you guys were given some gifts, some boons. Uh, you guys got in touch with your inner uh, 4C selves a little bit. Um, and you guys took off uh, to the outer atmosphere of Coruscant, where you were apprehended by an old nemesis, Brick, the uh, racketeer criminal underworld boss um, of one of the many gangs in Coruscant, uh, pursued you and demanded of Rama his full share of the million dollar credit bounty, which starts us off into combat. Um, so you are uh, being pursued by Bronze's ship, which is another medium-sized gunship. Brick ship, uh, you mean? You said, huh? bronze, you said Bronze's ship? <laughs> Not Bronze, Brick. Other named person. Yes. Wait, did I say Brick the bounty hunter? The first, or the first brick you said Brick, and then you said Bronze, and then you said, and now, yeah. Brick. Okay, so I only, I only messed it up Brick's the in the time. ship, Brennan's playing Rama, and Bronze is back on Coruscant. Yes. Um, yes, twirling his mustache. Uh, okay. Brilliant. 
Uh, yes, excuse my error. So, uh, Brick is pursuing excuse. you. In it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need everything I can get today. Um, Brick is pursuing you in another medium-sized gunship. Um, before we ended last session, we rolled initiative. Um, you guys had the higher initiative order, so you got, your ship will uh, act first. Um, a brief explanation of how initiative and combat works in space. It works much the same as regular combat with a few added twists, which we'll explain as they become relevant. But uh, your ship initiative order, um, your whole ship acts on its initiative turn, so meaning that all three of you uh, get a turn in the initiative order, which you can decide yourselves. Um, so this allows for some time to uh, strategize and uh, employ some strategery skills in order to uh, best maneuver. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that you guys have three astronav checks completed. Um, you need 10 to jump into hyperspace, so uh, the alternative solution to this combat is also to just bounce out of here, <laughs> um, which you can do. So just keeping you up to, to speed on that. Um, wonderful. So uh, you are being pursued by Brick. He has just fired some warning shots upon you. Um, and Rama, you are shouting orders. So let's take it up from there. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I kind of want to just bounce, but part of me is like, He's gonna show up later, <laughs> anyway. Sometimes you just gotta. And we have to make like seven or something more astronav <laughs> checks to do hyperspace, so it's gonna take a minute. I say, well, yeah, let's let's just blow them up. So <clears throat> here's my thought: I can spin the ship around real quick. I can activate target acquired, get a target lock on them. If L wants to blow them up, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, Digo can. Uh, I want. Do we have a spare gun? I don't know which one we want to use for which. We've got the. We've got the. The thorn does the have uh, two primary the, weapons: a double laser we cannon the, and a thermite cannon. So, L, which one do you, would you be on? The thermite or the laser? The double laser. <laughs> cannon? I believe the the double laser cannon is. Laser oh, cannon is two d four. The other one is one d twelve. Oh, I'm gonna get on that thermite cannon. So I'm. I, Hoping Deco can do like the like the World War II style ball turret gunner and knock um, uh, Nola Breeze out of the sky without necessarily killing her. You know, casualties are casualties, but I don't have any personal beef with her. Sure. Um, if L can just throw the thermite shot <laughs> through Brick's ship, so um, can 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 I have a power die? Yeah, I, I was going to use one for my maneuver of target acquired, um, unless Mix has something that they want to do first. No. no I'm assuming we'll start using Mix Paradise when we start getting shot at. Um, uh, all right, here we go. Who goes first in this? I think we uh, have we rolled decide. initiative yet? So you get to decide. I mean, like, in our ship. Between ships. Oh, we're oh. going first. Yeah. We're going first? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, sweet. So um, I love Brennan's uh, like, French laugh. Um. <laughs> do we want? To, do you want me to disable the ship, which is like fine, I guess, or do you want me to do a precision shot, which does more damage? Disabling gives it disadvantage on the next ability check or attack roll it makes. I want to see if we can maximize damage on bricks, and then see if we can disable Nolans afterwards. Okay. So they're in one ship, by the way. So Nolan and Brick are on the same ship. Oh, they're on the same yes. ship. Yeah, there's only one oh, ship. Oh no. Yeah. Well. Eh. Sucks. Two suck. Also, I have a bonus action that will give us more damage if we want to do that. 
Does it cost a power die? I don't think so. It doesn't say it does. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. What am okay. So I'm rolling my attack roll with the thermite cannon. Okay, well so did just we need to, to make sure we narrate things in, in order here. Okay. So, so are first, Brennan, are you are you maneuvering first? Yeah, so I'll probably maneuver first. So I'll spin around, do target acquired. Uh, what exactly is the mechanic of the bonus action you have, Mix? Um, it's called weapon overload. As a bonus action, you can roll your tech die, which is a mechanic thing, I guess. Um, the next time a ship weapon deals damage before the end of your next turn, it deals additional damage equal to the result of the die. Damage right. is the same dealt by the original attack. Awesome. So I'd go first, and then Mix would overload the cannon, and then L would fire said cannon. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be like, all right, Brick, you know, uh, really, I'm sorry about that. I'm just going to, oh, oh, sorry, something's wrong with my controls. And I'm just going <laughs> to do a full 180. <laughs> and yeah. as uh, to aim the, the, the cannon at him, and then add the... Uh, throw down the bonus action. I'm going to flip the switch to ta- acquire the target. Um, so we have advantage. Um, and I think the actual... Do I roll... I mean, L rolls the hit and the attack, right? Yeah, so L will attack um, basically on their turn on your ship's turn. Awesome. That makes sense. All right, so I got us a position. All right, Max, I don't suppose you can add some extra juice to that cannon, can you? I'll see what I can do. <laughs> okay, so Rama, you you drift hard into this 80, 180 degree turn. Um, take this hard turn. Um, your Razor Crest ship, um, like very uh, like fluidly turns and spins in space. Um, and yes, you acquire the target of the ship. Um, and a little display comes up on your screen that shows it uh, as registered as the Rough Rider. Um, and you kind of like see the like glowing outline of the ship. Um, with its like three pretty like sharp wings, um, and you get the target locked there. So to uh, so then you're it's is it mixed then L is what we're doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. okay. So um, mix as you uh, get the the recommendation to overcharge the cannon. You are in the ship's hull. Um, things are the ship is moving very fast, which means it's very difficult to like kind of get your bearing and move around. Um, but uh, you find your way through these metal hallways um, in little graded areas over to um, the uh, gunner station where you do see the cockpit for the thermite cannon, which L, I think you have now climbed into. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, you see um, like a basically power source panel on the like back of the uh, chairs uh, of like the the gunner's chair that controls how much energy output is put into the cannon um, and you are able to um, you see it and you think that you are able to uh, basically overcharge it hell yeah hack it into the mainframe let's do it (laughs) of your own ship (laughs) (laughs) attention crew the thermite cannons have been overcharged to a dangerous degree excess heat warning God love you, Mix. How's that, Captain? Uh, we doing good? What, is, oh, what does that mean? This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> All right, Al, smack him. Okay. Uh, that is a 13 to hit. Uh, you have advantage. Oh, I have advantage. Yeah, that's what the target acquired switch does. That's a natural 20. <laughs> wow, you crit. Oh, yeah. All right, um, so, so you crit with this overcharge. Funny story. The other half is if you do hit with the attack... 
you add the result of the die's attack to the damage roll. So, I don't know so, if it's a 20, you add it twice, but you add at least 20 to the damage. So is it Holy just shit. the die roll, not the not the total to attack? Yeah, yeah. It's the, okay. You get advantage on the die roll, and then if you hit, you add the total of the die roll to the damage. Alright, well... So a d12 plus 20? <laughs> so good. Jeez, so I rolled... Okay, so I used my precision shot, which was a 2. Um, so, which adds to the nat 20, but, you know, but that adds to the damage. And then I am going to use my force-empowered blasting gunner venture. Uh, or it's just my venture. It's not the gunner specific, but it kind of is. Uh, once per turn, when I deal damage with the ship weapon, I can spend one force point to deal an additional 1d8 damage to the target. It's the same as the weapon's damage, which I will absolutely do. Um, even in space, I'm still a guardian. Still getting those games. <laughs> Freaking so funny. Okay, so that's seven plus two is nine. Plus two, so that's 11 on the first roll. And then seven plus one plus nine. No, sorry, that's a one. Wait, is that? Yeah, that's one. One, two, 11 on the second roll. So that's 22, 22. plus the plus four so that's 26 plus the nat 20 so that's 46 damage yes plus uh, i rolled a two for my my 48 damage on the third that... like canon <laughs> 48 all okay. right okay first okay. um let's fucking go <laughs> so for a second there i thought that you actually just flat like one shot this thing you did not um because it has shields which i'm seeing here too okay so that sorry, what was that total again? Forty eight. <laughs> Good job, crew. That's just like the kick, like the thorn, like like gets like a gun kick, and, like shoots itself back. <laughs> um, yeah. So you see this like huge like thermite ball like erupt from the gunner like station of uh this uh. God damn. This razor crest. Um, and you see this like huge like plasma ball that is like clearly unstable, like warbling through space as it careens into the ship. Um, and you see that like their entire shields just completely bust um and like crack and like pop um around the ship as it's like rocked and like mo- its momentum shifted um like far careening to the right. Um and uh you hear uh, the comms come up from Brick, and he says, Woo-wee, now what the hell kind of heat you packing on that monster? Uh, uh, engine discharge. Total accident. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm so good at this. <laughs> um, okay, I so was like, there- I got a Death Star for <laughs> Yeah, okay, so be- because the thermal cannon is just busted uh and it like has an incredible amount of heat generated from it um it does have a uh constitution saving throw that you uh do need to pass or you will take some residual heat damage from being in the cockpit of this thing so i will need l to roll me a constitution saving throw okay let's see if i get anything (laughs) if i have any weird shit i can do on this hold on uh i do have heads up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is a pretty good spot for this, actually. Oh, I'm, I'm Constitute. I did not roll well. I did not meet the DC is 17, yes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't get that. 
Oh, sorry. It's uh, it's thirteen. I was looking at the wrong thing. Uh, I still did not is, get that. What Ooh, are you within okay. three? Uh, perhaps. So you're going to take. Wait, wait, wait. L, are you within three of it? Mm, yes. What'd you roll? I got an eleven. All right. I'm gonna heads up that. <laughs> so can I heads up that to uh, add that to the roll? Uh, sure. All right. You, you ah, tell. Heads up, well, L. I was just thinking because when uh um. Mix was like, I'm like, overlord of the thing. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> warning, warning. And then no one responded heat. to Yeah, no one responded to L. By the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm new that I'm used to having a crew of one, so uh, we're, we're still working on it. Uh, that's a two on the heads up that die. Brings me up to 13. Okay, pizza, pizza. <laughs> Um, good. So, like, the cannon, um, like, around you, like, you can feel the, like, uh, oppressive heat of the concussive blast that just occurred uh, in close proximity to you, but, like, on the ship as well. Um, the outside of the cannon on the ship is glowing red as the metal is, like, superheated through this overcharge system. Um, but you do not take any residual damage from the blast. Um, now it is going to be the rough rider. Oh, sorry. Uh, Digo's on the ship too. I, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Digo hops onto the comm station and says, maybe I can do some good work here. Um, he, uh, um, so he is going to be playing the role of the, uh, coordinator. Coordinator. Uh, Digo is going to be playing the role of the coordinator. So he's going to hop onto the comm system. Um, so we've used both of our power dice, yes? Yes. Okay, so it has not... Uh, uh, there can't be anything more useful than dealing more damage. <laughs> yeah. I Everyone knows that's how D&D works. Honestly, honestly, yeah. He sits down at the conversation and says, okay, what good can I do here? And then he hears the concussive blast, and he's like, <laughs> takes his headphones, puts them back down on the desk and says... I'd like to do that too. Um, and he goes <laughs> to the gunner station um, and hops into the other gun, um, which is, uh, yeah, a double laser cannon. Um, and he is going to uh, target the ship as well and says, fuck you, brick. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's going to take, uh, take a couple shots um, at the man who set him up to get into jail in the first place that sent the bounty on him that you, Rama, uh, wouldn't receive. Kind of some mixed feelings here, I, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so he's going If you're not going to gonna like somebody about the whole getting arrested thing, make sure you don't like him about it. I was just a... My hands are clean at this. Figuratively <laughs> speaking. He's not even listening. He's just, like, fully <laughs> consumed and, like, screaming and shooting this laser. Ah! <laughs> Oh, no. He rolled a nat one. <laughs> oh, no. Where'd he go? He, he misses wide. It's not even close. He kind of, like, shoots in the vague dire direction of some asteroids, and you see these lasers just kind of, like, careen off into the distant space um, as he kind of, like, unloads, like, four or five, like, laser shots, like, uh, out of the ship, and he's just, like, continually, like, yelling. Um, uh, let's see. Rosie pops up and is like, I think that you should try to aim. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you, you, whatever you are, creepy AI woman. Um, <laughs> it is now going to be uh, Brick and the Rough Riders' turn. So they are going to um, recover their course after being hit with such a devastating blast. Um, 
They will recover a little bit of their shields um, since it's the start of their round. Roll that real quick. Wonderful. And then they're going to wheel around and are going to use their own uh, uh, set of laser cannons to fire upon you. So. Wow, my rolls are dog shit. Um, a seven does not hit the thorn. Um, so uh, a set of heavy blaster fire uh, comes across the nose of the razor crest, but does uh, not do any significant damage, just glances off your shields, um, and otherwise uh, misses. Um, the other thing that the ship is going to do on its turn um, it is going to use the harass action. Um, so it is going to come and like try to sidle up under your wing to prevent you from flying any farther and is going to try to match your flight speed to try to cut you off. Um, so I need Brennan uh, to make me an opposed dexterity um, maneuvering check um, against this target. Um, Thorn's dexterity maneuver is... 12? Man. Okay, well, that's a four. Um, <laughs> do you, with, do you, is that with modifiers? Yeah, the, the Thorns Dexterity has a one modifier. It's a 12. We have a lot Ooh. higher strength. I guess because it's an assault, assault ship. Okay. Well, Unless it's he... like mine, but I'm guessing I'm using the ship's dexterity. No, it's the ship's dexterity. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, they rolled a five. Still not rolling great. Um, so. It's a comedy of errors here. Yeah, you know. It's kind of kind of it's baby's like, first space mission. So when I was a freshman in high school, our softball team was really bad, and we were playing another team that was really bad, and the final score was thirty-four to thirty-three. <laughs> in softball, that's a lot. That's incredible. That's insane. Wow. That's a lot. That must have been a fun game. That's sixty points in baseball in softball. Holy yeah. shit, dude! That's gotta be a record. <laughs> that's insane. Almost seventy points. Yep. That's like the soccer equivalent of like <laughs> 20. <laughs> yeah, know. honestly. That's insane. Okay, so because uh, the Rough Rider ship and Brick succeeded on this harass action, um, if you voluntarily uh, move, it says leave, it's square, but if you take the, 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 your movement next, ta- uh, next turn, um, you will take damage as... Uh, I'm not going to explain fully how you're going to take damage, but you will take some damage. So you, you have basically like locked into like position, like your ships are kind of like colliding on their shields a little bit as it as the ship maneuvers around you and tries to prevent your escape. Um, now it's going to be back to your ship's turn. Uh, I don't know if this will be helpful, but my other technique incre- increases our movement speed. So if that helps us get out of that situation, just let me know. I don't think it does, but... Are attacks of opportunity a thing in space? This uh, so what they did is basically the action that you take to like set up attacks of opportunity. Otherwise, gotcha. No. Right, and my other gambit, if I don't want to add to the precision shot, if you're giving me advantage again, I probably won't need to. Um, I can give it disadvantage on the next roll it makes, basically. Sweet. All right, that's is that does that take a power? It takes a power die. All right, that's worth it though. I, I'd say. Um, so they're flying in our space at the moment. Uh, what's the, just asking for a friend, um, that friend being Digo, 
if somebody were to be really bad at shooting all of a sudden, what's the uh, mechanic for boarding? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, Because, like, in the back of Rama's head, he's seeing Digo shoot, like, the opposite direction. (laughs) He's like, he might be better off if we just... Uh, so these are the rules. So uh, you can disable a ship um, when you reduce a ship to zero hull points. Um, as long as you declare that you're trying to disable rather than, than destroy it. Um, which will make the ship stable in space. And then um, after that you can like, you will be going slow enough where you can like attach your ship to it and try to board it. Um, but you can't just like this isn't uh you know this isn't pirates like you can't like jump ship to ship in the middle of space because you fucking die uh, unless you <laughs> on you, account of the you, space you, of it all yeah <laughs> I, yeah the lack of anything needed to survive out there makes it a pretty difficult venture so unless you had like um you I mean your ship does have an escape pod that'd be a risky maneuver it'd be very difficult to pilot your escape pod onto another ship um but like disabling it first and then boarding is probably the best caught like course of action there mm. okay well and how's uh the shields are down right did it regenerate any of the shields in the next it turn? did some of the shields but it's it, you guys did a ton of shield damage to it so okay well, let's see here what do we think should we try and stun it and then have Digo board it Kelbrook, and then also get the ship. Maybe you could sell it or something. He's kind I of ballsy. Expecting Digo to one v one brick is maybe not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's not good great. Point. I could I could drop on too. We could put it on autopilot. We could. I mean, point, if we though. disable the ship and and we all want to board, I think that's a separate thing. Or maybe not all of us. We keep a couple people. M- back Mix here, could but... probably f- fly the ship. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right, Mix, we're going to be right back. we got to do some uh, official Jedi business. <laughs> Ain't that right, L? <laughs> one of one of just, like, the engineer employees that you hired to come along with you on this journey is kind of, like, hearing some of this comms chatter is just like, I really uh, hope I don't have to board. <laughs> uh, I'm just here to kind of tighten some screws and, like, make sure everything's running. So I'm not... Right, NPCs for a reason, kid. <laughs> Calm down. I say... Oh, fuck, I was... am, I, am I an NPC? What? <laughs> No, this explains so much. I don't remember anything. I don't... No memories. Hold on. Uh, yeah, probably shouldn't say NPC. All yep. right. One of your NPCs is now having an existential crisis. Uh, one of your crewmates. Oh, I played myself. That. I played myself. Okay, I say let's set it to stun and see if we can do the maximum damage to, to stun it. All right, so I'm going to be down with target acquired again if... Uh, L, you want to do your thing. Mix, can you do the attack boost again? Yeah, I can do it every turn. Uh, what? But my, I mean, my, my die is only a d4 right now, so like it can't oh, see. do very much. Makes if sense. I roll a four though, one of my things, it's like it. Um, if I roll the max roll on a die, it like upgrades it to the next die. So if I roll a four, Ooh, <clears> next turn I'll get a dice. d6. It's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Just like the just like the old days. It's not quite the same, but yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Okay, so I'm going to try to think what I can do with my action because um, the target requires a bonus action, but I can't shoot because that's in charge of you two. So I guess I just keep flying. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they're, they'll, it's it's pretty likely in some <laughs> scenarios that you may like not be able to use like your full array of stuff yet, just as a level one. Uh, 
uh, like crew member. So classic teamwork. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep flying. I'm gonna acquire the target again and uh, just say, "All right, mix. We're gonna overload this thing again." L, see if you can shoot it. Uh, I don't know how you set a thermite cannon to stun, but uh, maybe hit the engine instead of the cockpit or something. Can you do that? Uh, won't that like explode or something? Uh, use the. Wait a minute. Hey, Rosie, if we're gonna disable this thing so we could board it, uh, where should we shoot it? Dude, analyzing. Target acquired. Those bombs are in our sights. Scanning. Scanning. Doing hull damage or damage to the wings would render the vessel mostly inoperable. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna go for the hull. Excellent. Alright, Mix, load it up. You got it, boss. Ah! Oh, Digo's still <laughs> trying to fire his lasers. Zeke Digo's playing asteroid. <laughs> the arcade game. On, on the screen in front Galaga. of him. Um, <laughs> Damn so it, you didn't Digo. take your move. You, you didn't take your movement then. Uh, wait, wait. Does it's not a trick question. I just need to know if you're going to. Does L's uh, thing that L spent a power dice on allow me to take a movement without getting? Taking damage? No. Like I shouldn't tell you that. <laughs> well, in I that mean, case, no, I'm not going to take a movement. I don't want to I move. mean, they'll just get disadvantage if they take make an ability check or attack roll. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not move. I don't want to ram holes at the moment. Um, great. So you just you just stay put. Um, it kind of, I guess, in the, in the idea of space, you guys do not, like, accelerate past each other. You just continue your vector of movement through space. Um and uh, so, L, you're going to make your attack. Uh, go ahead and roll to do all that. Yeah, it's good. a 14. Wonderful. Uh, 14. You have advantage? Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not roll well. <laughs> 14 hits. Um, go ahead and roll damage. I'm going to burn a force point to do another die. D8, D8, 12. Uh, that is 16 damage. And I rolled a Six, 1. 17 so one. damage. <laughs> and then we hit with the uh, with target acquired, so add 14. Alright, so 17. Wait, plus so if we hit with target acquired, then we add 8. Because you said it's just the number I rolled on the die, and not the actual attack roll. Uh, yes. So just oh, add oh eight. yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah, the other was from my power die. Got it. Uh, so sorry. What is? Give me, give me that one more time. You said it was fourteen plus eight, then or seventeen plus seventeen plus eight. eight. Twenty-five. Okay. Twenty-five. Great. Um, so you see the shields completely disapparate um, as this another huge warbling ion cannon blast <laughs> comes out of the ship um, at very close range. Um, so uh, so the shield will go down, um, and you see that there is yeah like. Uh, heat scarring on the hull of the other ship um on your scanner systems rama in the pilot seat you see rosie brings up some statistics and says shield percentage at zero enemy hull has been damaged all right all right a scale of one to useless what are we looking at rosie i don't know how to answer that question this is a metric that i'm unfamiliar with uh. <laughs> i would say like a seven can we board the <laughs> ship yet the ship is still flying and capable of fighting back Damn it! Okay, next turn. L, go ahead and roll me another uh, Constitution saving throw. I'm rolling like shit this episode. Love it. Um, high stakes, high drama. 
Twelve. Uh, <clears throat> Twelve. Heads up! Heads up, hell! Make that thirteen. I rolled a one. <laughs> um. Okay. So you save. So this time, um, with some more like advanced warning, um, you get um. Uh, so Rama, like displayed on your screen, you see um, like an icon uh, box from Rosie that says, Captain, something to consider. And it says, uh, blast shielding activate, yes or no. And yes. I assume with your help, you click yes. <laughs> um, and L, like around you before things get too hot, um, you do feel um, like some some insulated plating like come around the outside of your piloting cockpit or your, your gunning cockpit to shield you from some of the residual heat. Um, but then it, it itself like glows red and looks like heat stressed, and then it recedes once the shot has been fired, um, preventing you from taking um, any residual heat damage. Um, Wait, was I, that always an option? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I didn't quite click on the draw the first time, <laughs> Captain Rama sort of just ordered things to happen, and I just make it happen. So sorry, that All was right. a, an incoming message from Brick, so I ignored it. <laughs> yeah, that I, that that text box was definitely like up for like a few minutes. You just didn't see <laughs> stuff. Um, wonderful. Uh, the other thing, uh, so uh, Digo is going to take his attack. Um, since Come we on, buddy. Other other power die left. Ah, fuck you, Brick. Um, <laughs> Come on, he buddy. Rolled, he rolled a fourteen. Um, so he's going to uh, shoot these double laser cannons like, right into the broadside of the hull of the ship. Um, need some E4s. Little pyramid boys. The image um, of a Nautilus just shooting the wrong direction and screaming. I, <laughs> I can't. I've been imagining it. <laughs> um, he does 12 damage to the ship, which is excellent. Um, so with the combination of the uh, thermite cannon and the laser blasts, you see that like the the metal of the hull of the ship does seem to be like melting away, and it seems like there are like some minor airlock breaches occurring on the other ship, though it's difficult to tell directly what is going on. Um, the ship does look pretty beaten up though, um, so it is going to uh, disengage from uh, its harassing pattern um, that it has been taking, um, and. Uh, you're going to uh, hear the comms uh, come up that say, God damn it, that's some firepower. Well, this whole next one's gonna rock your world. Wait, what, what are you doing? <laughs> this is Nola Breeze coming in. Hello, Nola here. How's it going? Um, we're gonna try to leave. Uh, could you please not shoot at us anymore? <laughs> Get the fuck off the comm system, woman. What are you doing? Um, you see the ship kind of like, like is kind of swerving away from you in like jagged patterns, and it's unclear what's happening in the ship, um, other than the communication you received. No, what you got an escape pod on that ship? Just, just wondering in case uh, my finger slips on the trigger. Um, you see the ship uh, does turn around to face you though, and you do see that it is going to fire several lasers in your direction. I'm sorry, Rosie. Then roll the natural one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah, really this whole fail. episode. <laughs> it's like a two. Yeah, aside from that nat 20, I don't think I've rolled above a 10. On a this is insane. This <laughs> yeah, I rolled exactly once, and I rolled a, well, it was a three on the die, so. <laughs> I only had to roll a d4 this episode so far. <laughs> 
And you uh, got a one on that too. <laughs> I, got <a> one. <laughs> I got a two and a one. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still learning the whole ship thing. <laughs> okay. So, because they failed so badly, I just need to make some, some rolls behind my screen real quick. Um, motherfucker. It's another natural one. <laughs> 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 okay, so I'll tell you what I did. I just I rolled record. um well, I'll just describe what happens. So, you see this happen, you see them wildly miss the next shot. Like it it seems as if like when you're watching um from your cockpit Rama, the the things that you're seeing outside your own like window and then also just on the displays that you have monitoring the battlefield this ship looks like it's fighting like internally to try to like establish some sort of control and command structure like it, it's careening wildly it's firing and missing they're literally like pulling on the <laughs> on the comm system uh, <laughs> the ship levels out and you see that it it's flying kind of in a steady vector diagonally away from you and it doesn't seem to be taking any offensive positioning um its shields are still down. You see that there's still like that big hole breach in the middle of it. You see an escape pod eject from the ship and careen back towards the planet of Coruscant. Um, and then the ship keeps like flying and mellowing out. Rosie, you need some light scanners. What kind of creatures on that ship or on that escape pod? Scanning. Scanning. One humanoid creature is on that escape pod. Uh, <clears throat> male, female, Deveronian, brick. If you had to guess, Rosie, I need to know which one of these things to shoot. <laughs> mathematically, there is a 50-50% chance that either Nola Briggs <laughs> or Brick was on the escape pod. I'm gonna try con- hey, try comms, just like- <clears throat> Uh, excuse me, this is Rama Viron flying to Thorn. Come in, uh, come in, Rough Rider. Uh, who, who's flying that ship? Please wait a moment. Uh, <laughs> you see the ship, like, continue to kind of drift in space for a second. Um, you see, like, some, like, light activity. You see the shields pop back up on the ship. Um, like a weak shield surrounds it, and then you get another comms message coming in. <laughs> Hello, Thorn. This is the Rough Rider, Nola Breeze speaking. Uh, sorry about that little misunderstanding. We've had a change of management over here. Um, now, about this whole thing. Um, listen, Rama, what do you say we just call it a day? Uh, bricks careening towards the planet. I don't want to die in outer space. Your ship is very strong. Ours got wrecked. Um, you know, I'll do you one better. Since you're letting us off the hook... I think you deserve a promotion. If Brick were to have a uh, an accident re-entering the atmosphere in that escape pod of his, would you get like a promotion? Um, give him the Brick records. is my my employer. Um, I see. Um, if something were to happen to Brick on the way down, I would not go to his funeral. All right, hell, time to fire up the thermite cannon. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah you don't have to <laughs> tell me twice. Um, this is a hard shot. The the escape pod is is careening towards the atmosphere of a 
civilized planet. You're still pretty far up and away from the planet. Like you're in the like the like you're you're not like in its atmosphere. You're like in the solar system, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're on the edges of the solar system. I'm gonna flip the target uh, acquired, and then I'm gonna make a precision shot if I can. And then I'm gonna throw down the. Let's see here. And use command strike. Can I use commander strike on L if we're in the ship? Which is uh, another. It's like. I need to start tiling up these tactics. Okay. It's like um, Heads Up, where it's Rama's not ship, but his personal tactical maneuvers as his class. And um, so it says when you take the attack action on your turn, you can forego one of your attacks and use a bonus action to direct one of your companions to strike. So if there's any way I could use an attack. Um, the only way to attack from your ship is to get in one of the guns, and it's a, uh, it's governed by your uh, designation, like your your role on the ship. And so it's not – you could do that if you're fighting in the ship as Rama, but if you're fighting as the ship, then it's just the ship's maneuvers like, based on what your role is. That's fair. In that case, can I uh, use an action to roll a piloting check to see if I can give L a better shot? Yeah, yeah. You could reposition the ship to uh, – yeah, make make this a slightly easier shot. I'm not gonna say it's gonna give you advantage, but it'll make the DC slightly easier. Got it. Um, you got a precision shot left, L. I mean, yeah, as long as I got a power die. Oh hell yeah, yeah. I don't think uh yeah, we'll burn both of them on that because that should give us a good shot. Uh, when I so ace pilot, when I make a piling check, I can expend a superiority die, rolling die, and adding to the twenty roll. So if this, I might use that. If this is not a good roll. That is a 12, plus piloting is uh, a 3. I wanted to roll ace pilot, which gave me a 1, of course. <laughs> that's 4. Plus, um, so that's 15, 16. That's a 16 on the piloting check, Rob. Sure, yeah. You're, you're able to um, like kind of like chase the, the escape pod a little bit um, and re maneuver your way so that you are like still maintaining a pretty good distance it's it's got it's a head start on you and it's pretty pretty fast it's a smaller pod um can but you're I, able to kind of close the distance a little bit can i also add something we haven't rolled to hit yet right mm-hmm. no. correct okay so i can uh there's a venture that i can take um that a prerequisite of two levels in engineer which means i can uh use my infuse item class feature uh, on the ship weapon. So basically that just adds um, a plus one to uh, attack and damage rolls. What? Oh. <laughs> um, I can only use it once per <clears throat> once per long rest, so. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> um, excellent. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and... Uh, I don't think so I need describe- to roll. Uh, yeah, I don't think I need no. to roll for it. It's just like a... Um, so describe how you how you're gonna do this. <clears throat> um, I probably just go to uh, go into the cockpit again before L rolls and um. Oh, yeah. it's good to see you. Um, hey, 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 Rama, what's up? Uh, and I probably just kind of mess with some wires in the actual uh, what, cannon hey, or hey, whatever. This, this is some delicate no, 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 machinery. No, tr- trust me, I got this. I I've seen this type of stuff before. I I think I can help us out here with aiming a little bit. Uh, all right. Unverified self-modifications may void your current warranty. You should always consult with a professional before modifying your ship. I don't know. Are you a professional mix? Do you only professionals? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'm like technically a professional since I don't like you know work for for money on stuff like this. But like, I, 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 I know what I'm doing. Well, you're as close professional as I am a pilot. So whatever. <laughs> L, 
Fire away. All right. So what am I rolling? Uh, shoot the death shoot I, thermite cannon, the escape pod. That I, that I know, but like, what did you guys' things do? Am I rolling at advantage or just straight? <clears throat> uh, uh, I, advantage. I added a plus one to your roll. Okay. Advantage plus one. Awesome. Jesus Christ, that's so bad. That's insane, though. 10, 11, with a plus one, that is a 12 to hit. What'd you roll on the, on the first roll? A nat one. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 12 does I, not hit. I rolled on both at the same time, if it's oh, an advantage. Um, 12 does not hit. Uh, yeah, you're on cannon blast. Uh, try you, So you try to like lead the escape pod and make this incredibly precise shot um, through space uh, as it's like careening towards a planet, and you just whiff it. Uh, it's not like you missed bad, but... Uh, it's just a, a little bit too hard of a target. The system makes some pretty precise, like skeet shooting in space sort of thing. So, uh, it that ion blast misses and hits a piece of floating space junk from an old uh, satellite and explodes in, in pretty vibrant yellow and orange colors um, as this plasma ball concusses against that space junk. Um, Rosie, but otherwise, what's that? how long till we can jump? I still got some astro chav, astro nav checks to to make. Mix is an Astro Chad. <laughs> New group name, Astro Chads. <laughs> Please no. Oh, oh my god. Um, Between Mix and I, I predict that we will be able to jump imminently. Uh, Alright, I kind of hate to ask, but uh, Diga, we're about to, to shove off, so uh, I don't suppose <laughs> you want to take that one in a million chance and see if you can hit Brick from here. Rama. It would be my pleasure and honor to try to shoot Brick out of the sky. Um, oh, don't get too excited, buddy. <laughs> I was born for this. <laughs> hey, this dice isn't trying to fuck me today. Love to see that. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, so what is that? So that's a 22. Oh, 22 will hit. It's not a whole lot of damage. It's on an escape pod. I mean, it's an escape pod, right? It's yeah. like a, it's just a can of Campbell's soup, right? Like it's some tin. Um, yeah, but he's only rolling two d fours, and it's like so. Like your ship's HP rate is like fifty two plus shields. This thing probably has like I, I think I'm gonna say this thing has. Eh, well, let's, let's make it achievable with this shot, right? Like that right. seems fun. So he gets two d four plus four, so means his max rolls twelve. So we'll say that this thing has. Eight hit points. That's pretty fair. So if he gets eight or higher, this thing is is busted. Let's see, that's five plus four, so that is nine. So the only shot that Digo is able to hit with this double laser cannon um, is on this like careening away uh, escape pod. Um, you see like a, a stream of red laser lasers like cross the sky. Like he definitely took a quantity over quality approach with his aiming, <laughs> um, but he's able to pepper the sky and enough lasers are able to hit this uh, fleeing escape pod to severely damage it. And you see it go careening. Um, as it kind of is outside of the uh, space of Coruscant, and it flies into some space junk and uh, detonates. There go, my man! Well done! 
God bless you, Digo. Nice shot, kid. <sighs> Thank you, Captain. This is the best day of my life. All right. Mix, you ready to punch it? I'm gonna get the hyperspace drive in place. Uh, yeah, it's as quick as I can, Captain. All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> slam the uh, hyperspace drive. You slam the hyperspace drive, but it doesn't do anything. Do anything. <laughs> like you hear a sound of like, and as it kind of like as like you almost enter hyperspace and then peter out and, and like uh, an emergency shutdown shows up on your screen and says, Captain, the appropriate calculations have not been met to warp through hyperspace. Please allow us just a few moments to complete these calculations before we jump. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. Um, Get okay, my mug so, out and. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh well, damn. All right, okay. Uh, 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 Mix, go ahead and uh, roll me uh, a d20 to do uh, an astronaut check. We've got uh, three out of ten so far. What do I add to that again? Uh, technology. Technology. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's a six. <laughs> okay, and Rosie's A, I got a four. Oh my um, god, guys. So that's one more complete calculation, so now we're at four, so we're gonna head and go ahead and roll some more. I rolled a 22. Okay, and she rolled a 13. Um, yeah, so that's gonna get us there. Get oh, yeah. us there completely. Okay, so we get the other six taken care of. Um, Alright, now you can hit the button. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> slam the button. <laughs> guys cut through the fabric of space and time itself as you go into hyperspace and individual points of light stars and galaxies fade from distinct images into blurred lines that caress and careen around your ship as you break some of the laws of physics to enter another form of reality into hyperspace that being said, this isn't an instant teleport or anything, so you guys have a couple days to kill on the ship <laughs> um, as this uh, as you go through. But it is a beautiful, gorgeous uh, trip through hyperspace nonetheless. This would be a good time if you guys like to interact, explore the ship a little bit, um, or otherwise prepare uh, to uh, find the hive once you land on Kajik. Um, I'd like to go and find the NPC having an existential crisis and sit down <laughs> with him real quick. Um, so you go to uh, the crew quarters in your ship, which is really just like a room with uh, like four different barrack style like bunks that don't have that have like curtains but no doors, but that have um, like beds and dressers and some personal effects. Um, there's also a bathroom on the ship that is kind of like a communal bathroom for the crew members. Um, and you go in there and you hear like water running. Um, and the ship, and you you walk in, and you see uh, this. Was <laughs> so not planning to do this today. Um, <laughs> you see this NPCs in the bathroom. All of the sinks are running. All of the showers are running. The bathroom is super steamy. There's water everywhere on the floor. Small little droids are like trying to turn, like like get things like under control. This NPC is just staring into a foggy mirror oh, no. and reaches a hand out to the mirror and clears the fog from it showing his reflection <laughs> this is a human man he's mid 50s he's going gray he's got a bald spot up top 
He's looking like he's on the, the wrong side of a few a few beers. He's got a beer belly going. He's got Smoker's arms. He says, Am I me? Or am I somebody else's me? Is my whole life a lie? Will I find a source of self in the rejuvenating waters of this ship in okay. outer space? All right, all right. And he turns to you and he says, Look at me! I'm looking, soldier. Who am I? That's a good question. If I were to ask who you were, who would you answer? My name is Dale Thorpe. Dale. <laughs> okay. I think sure. I've, I've been an engineer <laughs> for 25 years. Okay. Or, or am I? Are these just memories planted by some nefarious, omnipotent force in my head? Or are these real? What's real, goddammit? What's real? And he kind of collapses into the water, and it's like, comes up like a few inches, and he's just like, making water angels in this like, few inch pool of water on the spaceship. Uh, I'm going to lean in, and I'm going to, uh, to, um, just smack him, like non-lethal damage, and say, alright, did that hurt? Uh, <laughs> you slap him, and he's He's on the ground, so you, like, basically, like, walk over him, like, lean over and, like, slap him with a big gloved, like, Mandalorian hand, and he goes, <laughs> Ow. That hurt, right? He stands up and kind of, like, rearranges his clothes a little bit, and he's wearing kind of, like, just, like, a, a orange, like, engineer's jumpsuit and says, Okay. Thank you. I needed that. If you can feel pain, then you can. Everything is real. If you want to not be real, then you can just forget to turn off these sinks. So I'm gonna leave it up to you. I got an escape pod and places to be. So clean this shit up, all right? Yeah, yeah, right away. I'll find a mop, and he starts like furiously like turning off water faucets and showers and stuff. Uh, Thank you, Private Thorpe. I'll see you around. I'm gonna <laughs> storm out. Thank you, Captain. I love you. <laughs> I don't feel love, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, kind of crazy. Um, and what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode we're going to have a season four wrap episode as we always do and then we're going to have a podcast post-mortem wrap up whatever 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 so as you're hearing this if you're in our discord channel uh our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions i think we're probably gonna like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff um 
But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time, possibly. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. Um, which also means this is going to be my last announcement, update, whatever thing ever, probably. So, um, yeah. I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while. Simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, So they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, We're going to try to squeeze them in quick. But if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, They'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah. That's that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because, I don't know, it's it's almost over. Um, yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll, we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Anything else you guys want to do? <laughs> uh, I think Mix is going to get some coffee. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long trip, probably. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you get some coffee. There's, yeah, there's, like, a small, like, kitchen and, like, dining area with a few tables and kind of, like, a breakfast bar that you're able to make, uh, coffee at. Um, M-Zero, uh, kind of, like, sidles up next to you at, like, a bar stool and he's kind of, like, twirling on the seat, just kind of, like, taking in the ship. Um, you notice that he's continued to make modifications to himself. He's now, like, clearly, like, built out extra space in his, like, chest cavity. His arms look bigger. Um, you notice just, like, other, like, electrical components and parts that just, like, weren't there before that he's grafted onto himself. Um, and he kind of is, like, looking more and more like a Frankenstein version of what he looked like when you first met him. Hey, little dude. Uh, I don't even know if I can call you little dude anymore. You've, I think you've grown, like, a a few sizes since I I first met you. Um, can I have Mix do, like, or, uh, have Match do, like, a scan of, of, M zero to see what he's added on on himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead and and do a scan. Um, so yeah, go ahead and roll me a, a technology check for a match. Ooh, that's a twenty-two. Twenty-two, very good. Um, mix scans monkey, um, and kind of floats around him and above him and like will scan once like and then kind of like move around him. Um, the vibe that your droid is giving off, Mix, is curious. 
um, like, it's, like, scanning these things and is, like, very intrigued, like, much more interested in this droid than, um, it was when they first met each other. Um, when it comes back to you, it kind of chitters, um, and beeps into your ear, and because of your affinity for droids and all things kind of technological and crafted and, and creative, um, you're able to understand Match perfectly. Um, Though Match does not speak words, what you uh, learn from your communications is that M-Zero's modified himself with a lot of bullshit that kind of just doesn't work together. Um, like, these parts are, are like, from systems and, like, droids and technology that, like, aren't compatible. Like, he has a lot of wires that are connected that, like, shouldn't work or, like, do anything but seem to be doing things. Like, his modifications are very just, like, hodgepodge like whatever he found lying around he like slapped onto his body basically a lot of this stuff like doesn't seem like it has much of a functionality right like some of it is like basic stuff like advanced calculator computing you know some stuff like that but like he doesn't have the stuff needed to do a lot of, you know he's got like yeah. different probes and like other mm -hmm. just shenaniganery like attached to him now um i would say like, another like big visual change is that like a lot of he has like a lot of these wires like coming out of different places in his like metal chassis and hole that like were normally just like flat either porcelain or that rose gold metal um so like it does look like he is like just a lot more like wires like coming out and like swirling around his like limbs now um but a lot of it like again doesn't seem like it should be functional the way it's been set up inside of him right is there could i can i tell if i could like tighten any of that up like you know bring those wires in or like um, I don't know, just secure some stuff or any like do him any favors like with you know being an outside source. Yeah, so basically like the best you can really do for him is like cable management because <laughs> yeah. again like a lot of this stuff like you look at it it's like I can't I can't connect this fucking like miniature air pump to your hard drive. Right. Like what are you doing? Like why yeah. are these two things connected? Um. And so, like, yeah, like, you're able to, like, tighten up some of the wires so it's all, like, more flush, like, with his body and mm -hmm. his chassis. Yeah. Um, but it kind of gives him, like, almost, like, a corded, ropey sort of texture um, around his limbs now. Um, cool. After kind of putting up with this scan, he kind of just, like, uh, I think he's going to try to, like, jump and grab Match and, like, try to, like, float with Match somewhere else. <laughs> I don't think um, Match is big enough for that. <laughs> Clearly not. No, no. like it totally. Like they, they like hover for a few seconds and crash down on the ship. Um, hey, hey, let's let's uh, no roughhousing with Match, please. He uh, he's got some some uh, very breakable stuff inside him. Um, monkey kind of sounds like disappointed, like kind of goes off somewhere into the bowels of the ship, and you hear him kind of like clanking around in different vents and like little holds and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't mean to upset him. Nah, he's fine. Um, <laughs> Anything else you guys want to do before you come out of hyperspace? Um, Al is finding some place that is relatively quiet and put up a hammock and is taking a nap in the hammock. Because hammocks are for napping on ships. <laughs> Love to see it. Wonderful. Great. Um, well, good. So then we'll just skip through hyperspace. Um, you guys get a notification from Rosie a few days later, um, and she announces, Captain and crew, we are approaching the solar system of Kajik. We will be exiting hyperspace in a few minutes. Please, everybody, fasten your seatbelts. 
and take some Tums, because this is usually a rough process for first-time spacegoers. Um, <laughs> you know, the crew straps in. Um, the, the crew member that was having an existential crisis looks way too calm, like like way too like put together based on like what you'd seen in previously Rama. You just take note of that. Like he's just like staring stone face straight ahead. Like I have accepted everything in my life. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, the player <laughs> characters are like, will I ever be happy? <laughs> um, you guys come out of hyperspace and you see the gorgeous solar system and planet of Kajik. Kajik, also known as Planet Wookiee Sea to some humans uh, in the core worlds, was a uh, tree-covered forest planet, or is a tree-covered forest planet, um, located at, well, southwest quadrant. That means nothing because galaxies, you know, it's like all about where you orient it. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it is uh, basically like in the middle distance um, from the core worlds to the outer rim, um, and a well- uh, positioned trading hub for the galaxy so a lot of um, raw materials and trade kind of briefly comes through here as a sort of port um, but it is mostly a forest planet with huge like gargantuan trees called Vorshia trees um, which are like these like huge living structures that tower over the planet like the avatar tree basically um, except Star Wars did it first so um <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so Kajik is the home planet of the Wookiees, like I said. Um, it has a temperate uh, jungle atmosphere and climate, um, and it's orbiting around a single star. Um, the planet has three moons, um, one of which is orange. The other two, I assume, are just gray because it doesn't say, but one of them is orange, so fucking fun fact. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just like reading like the descriptions of these planets. Um, anyway, so... Uh, it is a beautiful, like, verdant green um, and blue globe. Um, you guys may know just from previous um, encounters with Kajik or just through, you know, osmosis of learning about the planets that it is kind of like a mix between, like, dense jungle and then, like, swampy coastal bogs that have inland seas and, like, larger oceans. Um, yes. Um, now, the other important thing about the planet is that the only part of it that is not jungle is a desolate, wasted desert, um, which was not always there. Um, go ahead, anyone that would like to, roll me a history check, or a lore check, rather. Nine. <laughs> Fourteen. Nineteen. Hmm. Where, was, um, where was that roll during combat? <laughs> <laughs> So brick, brick, ship it. Um, L. So L. So you, uh, you guys come out of hyperspace and you see as the planet rotates, like that this like verdant green forest, um, water planet has a section of it in the landmass and kind of like the northern hemisphere that is mostly desert. And you can see that it looks like it's not a natural desert. Um, part of it is because it is almost a perfect circle of desert, which is not natural. It should not work that way. Um, you also know that Kajik has been a hotly contested planet for corporate exploitation um, by companies that want to use the vast amount of resources available on Kajik um, to, you know, fuel corporate empires. And you think that something similar of that ilk may be behind the desert. Um, as you come out of hyperspace as well, 
Um, the ship receives a communication um, from uh, the Holonet uh, port, which does not automatically get filtered into your comm system. So Digo will sit at the comm station, activate the Holonet, and receive a pre-recorded message from Easy Company. Um, at this holographic ho holonet uh, table is a hologram of a man in imperial armor that looks very well decorated, has several medals and ribbons on his armor, but otherwise looks like a normal uh, galactic um, republic trooper. Um, he has a red and gold livery on his armor, um, and he says, Hello, Argonauts. My name is Captain Bryce. I'm the captain of Easy Company, and we will be accompanying you on your mission to find the Hive somewhere in the Kajik system. Because of the bureaucratic incompetencies of every bureaucratic organization known to man, it'll be a bit of a delay before we're able to ship off and get everything over there. That being said, I think we'll be there in about two or three days from when we're recording this message, so it may be longer by the time you guys get there. We are going to be bringing three support ships to help you with uh, subduing the Hive, but in the meantime, it may be prudent for you to gather information for us to further plan our assault. In the meantime, I hope that you will stay safe and stay frosty. We'll be seeing you soon. Easy company, out. Makes it just thinking in their head like, oh, am I an Argonaut now? Is that, am I like, is that me? Does that count me? There's no way Rama picked up on that. <laughs> He's like, yep, that's us. <laughs> well, great. So now that you're in the, the Kajik system, um, would you guys like to like continue to case the outer solar system, or would you like to land somewhere and go investigate? Sorry, I should say that you don't see any evidence of the hive as you warp into this as well. So you know that they have a fairly large, like a large-sized... Um, satellite ship that is shaped like a beehive pretty hard to miss you don't see it anywhere when you come into the kajik system though that's kind of weird um rosie can you give me some scans we're looking for a giant satellite that's uh overly on the nose shaped thematically as a beehive i'm gonna do some forest meditation <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> um rosie uh pops up and she says scanning nearby airspace I do not sense any large ships within range that you describe however I do sense there are several ships orbiting the planet Kajik they seem to be of Wookiee industrial make are you able to scan the planet to see if there's anything like that my scanners are too limited to scan an entire planet for a single ship unfortunately fair enough uh Mix, you like technology. If you were to build a giant ship and give it cloaking technology, is that possible? I mean, it depends on the resources you got. Rosie, search the database. How, uh, what kind of resources the Hive got? Retrieving data. Um, after a few moments and, uh, some, like, quick searching, uh, the Rosie the AI comes up at the table and says, Here's what I have. The Hive has long been involved in numerous criminal activities that have varying profit ranges. The most profitable seems to be gun-running across the galaxy, which could net them anywhere from several hundred thousand to over a million credits in any given solar year. They also engage in other nefarious activities, such as, uh, well, several unsavory ones, um, drug trafficking, murder for hire, 
discrete security services, wire fraud. They have a lot of sources of income. All of them criminal. Well, yeah, uh, I think given the fact that they launched an, uh, what's the word, a dual front assault on Coruscant by burying shit in the ground and then <laughs> striking from the air, they probably have good connections. Well, that goes beyond my purview. Captain, if I may make a suggestion on our first places to look. I, please, I got nothing. I, I'm not going to lie, I don't think I can uncloak a spaceship that's richer than God, so uh, hit me with it. Well, during the Battle of Coruscant, the Hive ship took considerable damage from Republic forces. It was still able to escape, but there was noticeable damage to the hull and other systems on the ship. It is more than likely that the ship would have to land somewhere to get repairs. This may indicate that it is being housed or hidden somewhere on the planet. Hmm. Rosie, can you, uh, can you search that desert area for me for any sort of recent, uh, recent activity? I'm sure they're pretty good at covering their tracks, but in case they miss something, scorch marks, volcanic glass from the engine heat, something. Again, Captain, I am sorry, but my scanners and, and... Direct detection technology do not extend from the outer atmosphere onto specific points on the planet. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, L, can you sense anything like in the force around here? Do I sense anything? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're in outer space. Like, there's there's a lot of life forms on a planet, and they're I mean, like even though these ships are big, like very few ships are even close to being planetary in size. Right. Um, meaning that this ship could be hidden in a lot of different places on a dense jungle, um, but it, it can easily be hidden by the planet or by other celestial objects in the outer space. Like it's theoretically possible to hide under, you know, like in corners of the solar system that are not well trodden. Um, yeah, there's too much stuff, and also not enough stuff. And these guys are diabolical. We could land on the planet and ask if anyone's seen anything suspicious. You know, Captain, I do not think that would be a bad idea. The uh, the capital city of Kachiriro, uh, it is a coastal uh, Wookiee city that is very beautiful. It is also the seat of the Wookiee's political power. I am sure that if a large hazardous spaceship entered into the planet's atmosphere, they might have something to know about it. All right, Land, ask around. I'm going to turn around and uh, look at all the NPCs and the rest of the Argonauts plus Mix and uh, say... All right, anybody here speak Wookie? Mm. All right. <laughs> Dio, can you please tell me you took some Wookie classes somewhere? Uh, um... I mean, some of them got to know basic, right? Well, so the issue is not the Wookiees understanding basic. It is that uh, their vocal cords are not capable of speaking basic, which means that if you don't know Wookie, you don't have half a conversation. Yeah, we'll uh, figure out when we I, get there. <laughs> I did have a Wookiee associate uh, five or six years ago that I was in good contact with, but uh, never got a full handle on the... I'll do the best that I can to translate as we go along. Hey, um, good man. Uh, mix. Yeah, what's up? Is uh, Match, like, have any protocol? Protocols? Oh, huge brain. Like translation uh, chips? Yeah. Does does Match have any translator fucking abilities? Um, 
I don't think that's a thing I could have put on him. So, like, I think there's a couple creative ways around this. Um, so, like, you can either try to hire somebody that to be a translator on Planet, which, like, probably wouldn't be that hard to do, but it would cost you money. Um, Rosie, the AI attached to the ship, can speak Wookiee. Um, the issue is getting Rosie's software into hardware that you can take with you guys and, like, have it translate actively for you. So you could maybe spend some time, if you wanted to, trying to make devices to basically take Rosie with you. Um, or if you could do that. Or you could go buy translate, like, actual, like, physical, like, translators for Wookiee. I got one, I got one alternative solution. Hey, monkey. Run the center. <laughs> And he salutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, God, you're cute. That never gets old. Listen, uh, at ease, soldier. If I, uh, <clears throat> if I already know Rosie, and God damn it, I knew Rosie. Do you have a download function to uh, carry Rosie with you anywhere, or did you attach one in your creative upgrading <laughs> somewhere next to the air pump? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he starts, like, kind of, like, roaming around his own, like, body and chassis and starts, like, flipping switches and stuff like that. Um, so you, <laughs> you hear a vacuum, vacuum start up, like, briefly. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> uh, and then he, um, he taps his head and, um, pushes in, like, an SD drive, essentially, in a, a long, like, uh, rectangular slot pops out that has space for a data card um, that could be inserted in there. Rosie, can you uh, download the minimal processing that you can for translation and other protocol activities onto a, a data card and spit it out for me? Uh, you don't need to get, you know, the whole AI type of thing. I know you're already kind of a less sophisticated version of the original Rosie, but all we need is you to listen and speak, so you can probably get rid of the astronav and stuff. Maybe the Galga thing, too. Understood. Um, you see that, like, Rosie as a hologram pops up again, and then, like, you see kind of, like, the hologram shake, and it, her, like, physical form, like, shrinks and splits into two. Um, Separating essential functions from language and translation functions. <laughs> Severing, severing, severing. Oh god, I hope that doesn't hurt. Uh, you see one of the uh, rosy holograms like slump at the, the neck, and the other one raise its head and says, Hello, I am Rosie, translating software. Excellent, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm gonna take out like a, I don't know what the Star Wars equivalent of a thumb drive is, and see if I could just plug it into the USB port and download it onto it. Uh, yeah, you're able to do that. Um, and as you see, as you download that uh, like separated uh, translation feature into this SD drive, um, the one of the hologram, the one that just spoke, dissolves as it is downloaded, um, and you put it into M0. The other Rosie wakes up, um, and just the hologram just waves. <laughs> All right, up. we got a, a super genius computer astronav uh, data tracking thing who can't speak and we have a language bot. Rosie, I gotta tell you, that's some great that's some that's some great technology. Um, I don't know why I said that with the wrong voice. Rosie gotta say it's some great technology. Um, she like 
bows, um, kind of curtsies, um, and then uh, points to her mouth or like where her mouth would be for her droid. Um, then the top of her head where her like a theoretical brain would be, and then taps her wrist as if there was a watch there. Oh, time. Got it. Yeah, uh, so we gotta like bring it back soon. And she points to her mouth again and says, and then kind of like shrugs. All right. Max, go ahead and roll me a technology. Yeah, check. that's what I was. Oh, like how long it's gonna be gone? Uh, that's a thirteen. Uh, with your ability to like very easily understand droids, even ones that are atypical, um, you understand that what Rosie's communicating is that. Okay, well, so she didn't say this, but like you're observant enough and intelligent enough to know that like what you just saw was an AI essentially segment itself and like cut part of its brain, quote unquote, like yeah. away from itself to like download into a portable version, meaning that the version of Rosie left over is like a like cut ver. It's like almost like she copy and pasted like whole lines of code into something else like and so that code like just is like her ability to speak and understand like communicate verbally mm-hmm. has been segmented somewhere else mm-hmm. um like that part of her ai is gone and so what she's communicating to you is like hurry up i want to talk again <laughs> okay uh yeah i don't think we should have these two separated for for too long um this is remarkable what has been done here in front of us just now so um yeah it looked pretty cool didn't it yeah, because normally AI have to be like built pretty delicately. Like it, it's not easy to copy like a digital consciousness. So it's like in the same way that like when Rosie initially downloaded her personality and consciousness into this AI, the like living part of it did not transfer. And then in this sense, like done again, like the AI that you've been given is just the language and mm. translating function. It has no other aspects of Rosie's personality on that drive. Also, are are we getting like a second projection of Rosie through Monkey or am I gonna have to, are we gonna have to get the translation from Rosie and then it goes through Monkey and then I have to translate what Monkey is saying? <laughs> <laughs> Monkey can project Rosie to okay, translate. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> It's like when you put something in Google Translate through, yeah. like, 30 different languages. <laughs> you just get, like, the, the keywords, and that's it. <laughs> um, uh, Mix, I wish you could have met her. She really was a remarkable engineer. Yeah, I wish I could have met her, too. She seems incredible. All right, Monkey. You ready? Um, yeah, Monkey uh, now has his uh, his mom in his brain um, <laughs> and looks at you and gives you the thumbs up. Um, All right, Kash- Kashyyyk, requesting uh, vectors to land. This is the Thorn, Rama Viron speaking. We're on the good guy's side, I promise. <laughs> um, as, like, a Wookiee comes over the microphone. Um, uh, <laughs> Monkey! <laughs> I am just reminded about how jealous I am that you can make wookie noises because I can't no matter how hard I try. Yeah. <laughs> it's this whole tough. arc is going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're cleared to land. <laughs> um, so uh, you guys are, are given clearance to land in the port of uh, Kachihiro. Um, so uh, Kachihiro is a, is a coastal uh, the coastal capital of Kajik, it's in the the Wawat Archipelago, so it's on a series of islands that kind of stretch into the sea. Um, 
there are two huge uh, Wuxia trees, um, which are inhabited by um, many um, Wookies um, in both of them. There's two of them called the one of them's called the, the Tree of Kachihiro, which makes sense, and the other one's called the Tree of uh, Viki Lin. Um, there are two piers that extend into this uh, out from the city into the uh, lagoon um, outside of the trees in the city itself. Um, and there is uh, like a, a decent mix between like high technology industrialization, but then also the same kind of like natural, um, you know, like earthworks and like normal structures that the Wookiees prefer. Um, it's worth noting that the Wookiees are not a primitive species. They are a spacefaring species, um, although their history with um, becoming a spacefaring uh, species has been fraught a lot with people trying to exploit them and their planet um, and having to fight off people that would otherwise like want to take control of the planet from them. Um, so they have developed their own technologies, and Wookiee space technology in general is easiest to identify by the fact that it resembles the natural forms of the planet itself, meaning that it is not uncommon for large spaceships uh, designed by the Wookiees to resemble long, um, like twisted willow branches or have the forms of like local uh, fauna. Um, there are several like, uh, as you guys like land, you see several ships that look very kind of crab-like um, that have kind of like two like protruding parts of the ship that like very obviously resemble like crab claws and as you walk around um the city the like initial impressions of like the technology and the the way that this society has built itself is that it has been heavily integrated into nature and so the natural form um guides a lot of the aesthetic and function of kachihiro and the rest of uh kajik um as you land there are thousands of Wookiees all going um, as well as you see some scattered droids here and there um, you also see um, other uh, alien races as well um, but it is much more obvious that the population here is, is majority Wookiee um, after that it would be you know the, the largest minority would be humans and then followed by um, like small percentile groups of other alien species around so you're basically dropped into this port um, as you exit your ship. Um, I'm going to say Digo comes out uh, with you guys looking very uh, awestruck as he looks up at these two huge trees in the center of the city and says, whoa, this place is incredible. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, uh, where should we go first? Should we go try to talk to somebody from the local government? Should we... Just explore and chat with the locals, or, uh, I mean, I might just go shopping. Yeah, I'd prefer to just talk with people. I'm not really huge on government officials. Sure. Um, great. Uh, maybe we should go to some of the local watering holes and snoop around? Yeah, sounds good. Great. Um, so you guys start wandering throughout uh, the beautiful city of Kachihiro. Um, and you walk from the ports out into the water into the city itself. These two huge Wilshire trees with their long, like, thick, knotted branches um, that can support whole houses and colonies of Wookiees extend in this beautiful canopy overhead and gold and green leaves. Um, 
there are a lot of bugs flying around. You guys are assaulted by uh, mosquitoes and flies kind of just as you exit from this like very boggy place into this woodland area. Mm. Um, <laughs> a lot of the streets are paved with brick, but there's still a bunch of grass and green space and obviously trees growing up around you. Um, you guys meander uh, a while um, until you find a local like shopping center. Um, with a nice kind of uh, like bubbling like little brook that is like running through the streets and uh, shops and restaurants all around with Wookiees chatting lively, um, some wearing aprons behind little shop stalls selling local cuisine. You see some fried lizards on sticks. Um, you see some noodle dishes. You see other like fun local cuisine. Um, and it, this city is just kind of bustling and alive. I'm gonna go get street meat. Yeah, I was gonna say, do I have any money on me? I'm not. I want some noodles. Two of the three rich ones. So do I have? <laughs> do I? Ha- I want to buy some some local cuisine. Um, I would say that that your like stipend from the Jedi Order is like three hundred credits in pocket. Okay. Just like with carrying change. Cool. Um. So, L, you're going to get street meat. Yep. Okay, so you uh, you walk up to a Wookiee that is wearing um, an apron that is behind a fryer and a stand um, that has like several fried marmots and lizards um, up for sale. And he walks. Uh, uh, you walk up to to him. Um, he's got like these beautiful like dark uh, brown braided um, like strands of hair all around his face, kind of coming down around him. Um, and besides the apron, he's wearing kind of like tan work pants. Um, and he has a little brooch on his apron um, that, like, very much looks like um, a like loaf of bread, um, like on a pin. Um, yeah. Um, he sees you walk up and like gestures at his wares and goes. Oh, we don't have a translator. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Rosie tells you that he says welcome. <laughs> right. Um, what's, like, the best thing to get? Um, I'm not gonna do all, like, the Wookiee voices. I assume, yeah. Um, so he, he tells you, um, well, if you've never had traditional Wookiee fried rile rat, then that would be my recommendation. Otherwise, the lizard's good, too. Yeah, well, I trust your judgment, and I'll get the the Wookiee fried rile rat. Great. Um, so he uh, reaches behind him into a cage where you see like this massive, fat, orange-like rat that looks like meaty. It's like maybe a foot long. Um, and he goes over to a cutting board, uh, chops its head off, guts it very quickly, uh, skins it, chops its like feet and hands off, sticks on a stick, and dumps it in a fryer. Um, <laughs> after a few minutes, he takes it out, uh, covers it in some sort of sauce on a stick, and gives it to you. Yeah, I'll eat it. Looks yummy. Make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> sure. And a roll of dice I haven't rolled today. All the ones I've rolled today have been bad. 19. 19. Very good. So you bite into this, and it's like, it's kind of gamey, but it also has like a texture more like closer to like beef, and it actually tastes pretty good. It just is a little bit rough on your stomach. And the whole process of it is a little bit jarring, but you're able to keep it down. 
And seeing that you held your own and didn't uh, flinch or gag or otherwise vomit at eating this freshly skewered and fried rat, the Wookiee um, laughs um, and says, uh, You're a hearty traveler. Not many people can eat the Wookiee food and uh, stay on their feet. Where are you from? <laughs> Sold it to him anyway. <laughs> uh, well, I was uh, I was raised in Coruscant, but that's not like where I was born. Ah, uh, I see. A drifter around the galaxy. Yeah, something like that. Well, I hope that the branches of the great trees will grant you shelter here. You uh, are wearing a fair amount of armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, I would have switched to my, uh, my jungle outfit, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. From so the you shopping spree. So you're in your uh, tan and green uh, fatigues uh, with your jungle boots um, and your vest um, looking adventurous and feisty. Um, uh, and he says, um, if you have a mind for battle, the local arena is always looking for new participants. Oh, what's the, what's the situation there? There's an arena that takes local challengers in tests of honor and combat called the Gale Arena. It's on the south side of the city. There's a particular game that we like to play called Tackdown. It's a squad-based game where you... It's kind of like a mix between capture the flag and beating the shit out of each other. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm gonna gather my friends for it. I'm gonna glance at L's biceps and be like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, he says, yes, the games are sponsored by a corporation that's local to the planet, and uh, they tend to pay out pretty well. Groups that gain particular renown, I hear, also get first crack at some experimental weapons and armor, and seeing that you're <clears throat> geared for a fight might be interesting. Yeah, what a uh, corporation, if I may ask. Um, and he kind of like folds his arms and like looks a little like pissed and goes, um, he, he says, the Circa Arms. It's a corporation that owns part of the planet. Hmm. Are they perhaps responsible for that uh, interesting geographical feature of desert I saw when uh, uh, we were coming in the planet? Um, he kind of looks at you and then, like, looks aside, and you kind of notice, like, other Wookiees are kind of, like, listening into the conversation. Um, and you also notice, like, some humans and, like, some, like, black, um, like, uh, not fatigues, but, like, black, like, shirts and jackets, um, and, like, you know, like, uh, like, smart They're, like, in the sunglasses, baseball cap, but they have the cop boots. Just, like, <laughs> some, yeah, some conspicuous-looking humans are also kind of, like, browsing around the area. I was like, gonna say CB. theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> um... The main thing is like their their clothing is not meant for the jungle. It looks like clothing that you would see like at a more uh, like metropolitan sort of climate, if that makes sense. And they stand yeah, it's out. That's the Yankees hat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the Tims. Uh, so you you kind of like clock this, and he says, <clears throat> uh, "Enjoy your rat." Thank you. Uh, and how much do I owe you? Ten credits. Right, yeah. I give him a little tip. Is it, wait, is it being customary here? Do I know that? 
Ach. Um, you don't know that, but he is very grateful when you give him one. And he gives you an extra rat on a stick for tipping him. Okay. That doesn't help me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give this. When I go back to Rama, I'm going to give him the second rat on a stick. Oh, thank you. Uh, hey, Mix, do you yeah. want some of this? Uh, I was actually eyeing some of those noodle dishes over there. Uh, go with me. Hey, thanks, Al. Yeah, it's supposedly, like, really good local food. All right. Uh, I'm going to breach a gap in my helmet and see if I can <laughs> get the stick up in there so I can eat some fried rat. <laughs> this is a big rat, bro. It's a small helmet. <laughs> Man, um, I normally eat. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna so feel like, well, you like thanks. yeah you like you you like tilt your your helmet and like try to like get like a nibble in there but like are kind of like spilling some of the sauce like onto your armor a little bit and Digo just kind of looks at you like hey hey uh, 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 let me help and he like takes his jacket and basically just like throws it over your helmet and your head <laughs> so like it's hidden <laughs> oh gentleman thanks Digo that's very sweet of you and I'm gonna take the helmet off under the jacket real quick and uh, take a bite of the rat. Yeah, it'll be a constitution save. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, three plus five. That's an eight. Um, an eight? Uh, you see L just eating it regularly. <laughs> like, no problem. You bite into it, and, like, to your tongue and the rest of your mouth, like, all you can think of is just, like, this is, like ooey gooey slimy rat that's been fried <laughs> and like it's like it's like you just like get this texture of just like like oh like this is like soggy lunch meat and you're like uh like you just i think gag and like throw up a little bit immediately <laughs> um, that's some some good stuff sorry i didn't <clears throat> so, so. <laughs> wow that's uh thank you it's <laughs> <laughs> Okay there, Roma? Yeah, just fine, just fine. So, so. <laughs> yeah, this is like a delicacy here, so, so. Yeah, I'm delicate, so it's good. <laughs> um the helmet back on. Vigo, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't suppose you uh I wouldn't be a good friend if I weren't sharing. Want some rat? Uh oh uh oh thank you. I think I think I'm going to agree with Mix and get some of these noodle dishes. They've got really good seafood. Here, you know, the, we're on the coast, so you don't have to eat rat if you don't. No, I'm, I'm gonna eat it. Okay. I will if also want... eat seafood noodles after I finish my rat. <laughs> yeah, if you want something I'm different, I'm gonna eat something like, to eat after I evacuate my. I bowels. have all these muscles now. I'm a hungry boy. And you need carbo load. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta sustain that metal arm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you guys get some get some noodles um and you kind of observe your surroundings for a little while um so some people come and go um and you notice that the humans that were kind of eavesdropping later have moved on to a different part of the city um after like 20 to 30 minutes uh the the bustling wookie crowd starts to kind of quiet down as you hear um a procession coming from the way you came from back from the way of the ports um, and a few moments later, a procession led by a very regal, tall-looking Wookiee with gray and black fur, with uh, knotted braids tied with um, 
gold and silver little uh, beads that tie his beards together. And you see that there is also um, like a, a, a crown of uh, antlers and flowers and wreaths basically that is on top of his head that is very noticeable and very kind of like regal and somewhat ostentatious. Um, as he walks down the walkway, down the streets, through this small little marketplace. As he walks down this small little marketplace, uh, you see that he's followed by a procession of very hardened uh, soldiers, uh, Wookiees that have uh, bow casters and ammunition, that have um, actual like boots and armor and clothing, as opposed to most Wookiees who go around barefoot, typically without anything on their top. Um, and the crowd kind of quiets down in awe as this uh, high-ranking official uh, walks through the street. Um, there's a Wookiee that kind of walks like in front of him and to the right that kind of clears some of the crowd and kind of like yells at people to like move out of the way. Um, they pass by your table by the noodle shop um, and uh, you're unable to get like a look into the lead Wookiee's eyes, but everybody else kind of like looks and stares you down as they pass. Anyone know who that guy is? No, but he looks important. Yeah, do you want to do any more snooping about it? or? Yeah, I'd love to. Alright, what would you like to do? Um, I don't want to bother the fine gentleman who sold me this cuisine. Um, but if we're... Are we at the noodle place? Yeah, yeah, you guys are, are dining on, on some lovely noodle dishes of, uh, like, fish and, um, predominantly, like, so noodles maybe not have been the right word for it. There is a species of very long tentacled squid that lives in the ocean that when cut and uh, cooked, uh, the tentacles uh, have a very noodle-like texture and properties. So you're eating like squid noodles with um, fish and vegetables. <laughs> you do not need to make constitution saving throws uh, to eat this dish. This is more palatable to most people. Digo fucking loves it. Yeah, he's had a time of his life Digo's like, there. finally some good fucking food around here. Yeah, am I right? <laughs> Oh, man. No, it's hard for Netherlands to get good seafood. And I would know, because I can live under the water, and this is good seafood. Um, as uh, the procession is walking by, I'm just going to find someone who's, like, if we're, like, standing, because we're, on, like, on the street eating, just kind of, like, elbow them, like, gently and be like, uh, who, who is that man or that person? I'm going to say person. Um... Yeah, so you like go to like a just like a Wookiee bystander on the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, you scout the area a little bit. You see um, uh, a matronly looking Wookiee in kind of a like um, like green flowing like dress scenario. But Wookies are huge, so like it would be a sundress for a Wookiee. It looks like a huge ball gown to you. Mm -hmm. um, she's carrying. Uh, two small little Wookiee kiddos in each hand, like on her hip, um, that are kind of like tugging and playing with some of her like long fur and otherwise kind of like crawling rambunctiously around her. And you go up to her and kind of yeah, make these gestures in this in inquisitive nature. Um, and Monkey translates for you. Oh, don't you know? That's the chief. Oh, well, yes, they uh, looked very important, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm hmm. Yes. 
Uh, Chief Tarkle's been in and out of the city a lot recently, and he never goes anywhere alone nowadays. Mm. That's uh, interesting. Do you, does, is there, like, a reason why, or just feels like it? I don't really know that much about it. Sorry. Oh, I, no, that's, like, fine. I, didn't, I just didn't know if it was, like, a public knowledge thing, or, like, if it was, like, personal no. preference. He's been walking around the city a lot, kind of just patrolling around, but he hasn't said why. Also, I think that the Tribe Republic is, like, beating today for something. I think there's a vote. I heard about it on, on the local news, but I, I don't really pay attention much to politics. Yeah. All of this yeah, is no, sounding like... Rama is just going to look at Mix. Like, you get any of this? I mean, Rosie is translating it, so yeah, I am following. Yeah, uh... Yeah, no, I get it. Politics kind of sucks. I mean, I, sh- I think that's just true on every planet. Not, like, here specifically. <laughs> um, yeah, and she kind of, like, bobs her head and is like, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, politics sucks. Um, she kind of, like, takes stock of all of you and, you know, throughout this entire process, you guys have, like, been drawing a decent amount of attention to yourself. Um, right. You know, like, Rama is always kind of a little bit of an oddity because he's this, like, shining, like, armored soldier. Um, it's always kind of unclear whether that's, like, a good thing or a bad thing when he rolls into town. Um you know, Mix and Indigo and L don't look too suspicious, although that it is clear that you guys are armed and armored. Um, and I was gonna say, I will say, I literally have a thing called force of personality, and it's rooms never go unalerted to my presence, <laughs> and the strength of my personality makes others lose focus on their own social game. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome! So like, L <laughs> is just so fucking popular that no one just can look so away. Hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, so cool. all eyes on me. Um, (laughs) yeah so you guys like have drawn like a decent amount of attention in this square um and she kind of clocks all of you and says if you're tourists and just wandering around i'd recommend going to the shrine of branch and water near the city center under the trees it's a nice little spot it's a good it's like a local landmark yeah that sounds cool I'd love to go. And what was your name again? Uh, she tells you her name is Trenna. Trenna. It was lovely to meet you, Trenna. <laughs> um, and her kids, like, kind of, like, jump away from her and start, like, running away and causing trouble. And she uh, politely excuses herself. And you, she runs away. And you hear, like, the large, like, thumping, wookie footsteps running after these children. Um, so, uh, you guys have started your exploration of the planet. Where would you guys like to go next i tell the group about that place all right that sounds good to me Uh, i'm all in to see a shrine great well you guys are going to head to the shrine that trena recommended you go visit um we have started the exploration of kajik and we are finding clues to figure out where the hive could possibly be hiding but for now that will be the end of our session
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.